You know, I, I preached, uh, uh, ministered on the, the, the chapter of 4 of Ephesians for a couple of Wednesday nights. And, and uh, today as I was praying and seeking God on what to minister tonight, I'm starting a series on the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to do that on Sunday mornings. And I just didn't feel like I wanted to do that. I didn't feel like I needed to do that on Wednesday nights because I, I know the Sunday morning crowd needs to hear these messages on the Holy Spirit and as well as all of us. And, uh, but I'm gonna, I, I felt like the Lord leading me to go through the book of Ephesians. And because it's an epistle to the Ephesians that Paul, uh, uh, wrote and got by the Holy Ghost, by God speaking to him. And, and, uh, it, I don't know how long it'll take us to get to the book of Ephesians, but I know one thing, uh, if we'll get a hold of this, it's gonna change our lives forever. And, uh, so I'm gonna start with verse one. And it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the New Living Bible says, or yeah, the New Living Translation says, who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. I want to talk about that tonight. I want to talk about faithful followers of Jesus Christ because it was written not just to the saints. How many knows who the saints are? If you're born again, you're a saint. You ever looked at somebody and say, I know you ain't no saint. People, I've, I've done funerals and people will talk to me about their loved one and they'll say, well, they weren't no saint by no means. Well, let me tell you something. Saint does not mean perfect. You realize that? Because other than me, y'all are all exempt. But uh, I'm just kidding. Don't get mad. I know people that never heard me before, so I'm just kidding. But the thing about it is a saint is what he related to people who knew Jesus, who knew God. And that's why the Bible says God, uh, uh, God, uh, on the death of uh, His saints, that He loves the death of not the dying of people, but He loves people, and He loves the saints. He loves His people, and so I'm telling you, God loves the saints, and we are saints. And then it says to the faithful in Christ Jesus, and I want to talk about faithfulness tonight because it's so important in each and every one of our lives. And uh, faithful means trustworthy. It means trustworthy. And if you look up the word faithful in the Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary, it would say loyal. It would say loyal, constant in the performance of duties or services, exact in attending to commands, as a faithful servant being true to your word. As a faithful servant being true to your word, what you say. Faithfulness is active and alive in every aspect of our life. I mean, we talk about, we can talk about faithfulness to God and how we're faithful to God, but faithfulness, it, 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 it's involved in our marriages. It's involved in our, our work. It's involved in our relationships. It's involved in our, our finances. It's involved in everything that we do, faithfulness to be loyal and constant in what we do. Amen. And so I want to read a few scriptures and, uh, and I want you to hear what they say. And I'm going to read in Psalms 12, 1. I've got several scriptures I'm just going to read, and then I'm going to, I'm going to stop at a point in just a minute and minister. Uh, in Psalms 12, 1, the Amplified says this, Help, Lord, for principled and godly people are here no more. Faithfulness and the faithful vanish from among the sons of men. That was David writing this. He said, listen, the faithfulness and faith and faithfulness have disappeared from the sons of men. I'm telling you, faithfulness is something, 
It's a characteristic that we have of God. You know that, don't you? Because the Bible talks about faithfulness being fruit of the Spirit. And so it's a characteristic that we have from God. And the psalmist talked about how faithfulness and faith, uh, it's disappeared from the sons of men. Now listen, we know it. There's still faithfulness, right? There's still faithfulness. There's still faithful people in the world, faithful in aspects of life. And, uh, but I'm telling you, you have to, you have to stay with it to stay faithful. You just got to make up your mind. I'm going to stay faithful and committed. Amen. Amen. Psalms 31, 23 says, Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful. Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful. Psalms 101, 6 says, My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in the perfect way, he shall serve me. So the eyes of the Lord are on who? Somebody help me. On the who? The faithful. Proverbs 28, 20 says, A faithful man will abound with blessings. A faithful man will abound with what? Who will abound with blessings? A faithful man. I want to go to Daniel. I thought when the Lord kind of led me to uh, end this, He kind of led me to Daniel. What a great book in the Old Testament. And I'm going to go, uh, Teresa, I'm going to go with this in the New Living Translation. And so uh, I'm going to start reading in verse 1, chapter 6, I'm sorry. And it said, Darius the Medi, I guess that's how you say that, I'm not sure. The Medi decided to divide the kingdom in 120 provinces, and they appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers because of Daniel's great ability. The king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Now, all of us know this, or I think all of us know this, that Daniel was a captive. He was one of the Hebrews that was captive. He was brought in as a slave, and uh, he so he was a captive, and he was so um, so the, the king was so impressed with him that he decided I'm gonna set him over the entire empire. I'm gonna tell you nobody liked that in that kingdom, not the other people anyway. I tell you what, jealousy drives people to do some crazy stuff, don't it? Then, it, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. Now listen to this, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible. He was, he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? He was completely faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in the connection with the rules of his religion or concerning his God. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good deal when they have to come down and try to find something to accuse you of concerning your relationship with God. Right? But that's what they had to come down to because he did everything right in the kingdom. 
He didn't do anything wrong. He handled all the affairs right. That's why the king decided to set him over the entire empire. But all of a sudden, next thing you know, the other administrators that felt, probably felt like I need to be at a high, I, I, I've been here longer. I should be the leader of this empire. So they started looking for accusations to, to stop the king from setting Daniel up. Did you know there's a lot of things sometimes that comes against you to try to keep you from getting a promotion? Anybody ever said, I should have had that promotion. That should have been mine. I'm telling you, you if, I found this out. If you'll just stay with God, stay faithful, God will work it out for you. Amen? And so here they, here's what they decided to do. We're going to find some way to get David. Some way to cause the king to turn against David and allow one of us basically to be the over the empire. And so they said, we can't do it concerning the kingdom, so we're going to do it concerning his God. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live King Darius. We're all in agreement with administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty will be thrown into the den of lions. Now, I, I thought to myself when I sit in, in my office today, and I've read this so many times, I've preached this so many times, I've talked about this so many times, and I'm talking, he said, just for 30 days. You know, some people would think, well, I could lay low for 30 days. I mean, for 30 days, I don't have to serve, I don't have to do anything for 30 days. My goodness gracious, if it's only a fact of 30 days, I, I can withdraw myself from serving God. And some people do. Listen to me. That's exactly what the devil wants people to do. He wants them to withdraw from their servitude of God and their faithfulness of God. That's why there's so many laws today about this and that and all kinds of stuff concerning religion and a separation of church and state, all kinds of stuff. Why? The devil wants you to withdraw your commitment and faithfulness to God. Huh? Now, first of all, they lied to the king. Why did they lie? Because they said all the governors and administrators have agreed. Well, David, I mean, Daniel was one of them. You think he would have agreed to that? Most likely he said, no, I don't think I'm for that. Right? And so, and plus they played upon Darius' uh, pride because he said nobody's going to be able to pray to anybody except you. And now your majesty issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked, so King Darius signed the law. But when David, when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, listen to what he did, he went home, knelt down at his usual, as he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. Then the officials went together uh, to Daniel's house and found him praying, asking for God's help. You know, where do you think they thought they'd find him? Right there. They had no problem. They knew exactly. When they, when they made that, uh, made Darius make that law, they knew that Daniel was going to be at a certain place every day praying to his God. They knew that. They knew it. 
I'm telling you, I think Christians are to get so faithful to God, people just know what you're going to do. They're just going to know that you're going go to go to go where, where God leads you to go, do what God wants you to do. Huh? And so they said, well, we're going to go right to that place. And when they went to that place, they seen him praying and asking God for help three times. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about this law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. Now, when you sign a law that not yourself can even revoke it, it's pretty serious, isn't it? And so when they told... Now, here's what they did. Then they threw the, the bombshell on the king. Then they told the king that that man, Daniel, one of, the, one of the captives from Judah is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Did they know he was going to? They knew exactly he was going to. Three times a day, he's going to pray. Why? Because he was faithful. He wasn't just faithful to the king. He was faithful to God. He was faithful to praying. You know, listen to me. Let me throw this out there. You need to be faithful to pray. I'm talking about you ought not be just a a crisis prayer. So what does that mean? Only when things are bad or going wrong, you decide to pray and seek God. You need to have a prayer life with God. Prayer is more, listen, prayer is more than just petitioning God for something. Prayer is a time of fellowship with God. It's time that you can go and just worship God and praise God because we know this praise and worship is one of the highest forms of prayer. And so he knew, uh, they knew he was going to be praying. Why? Because Daniel, uh, he, he probably thought, I don't know what it would be like not to go in and pray three times a day. Listen, if you, I, I don't, I, as your pastor, I want to say this. If you go a day without praying, there's something wrong. I mean, there's something wrong if we go a day without praying. My goodness, you are to get up in the morning. If you're just thanking God, you're praying. If you're just thanking God, thank you for the blood. Thank you for uh, moving our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We appreciate you. We pray for our president. We pray for our leaders. We pray for all those in authority over us in any way, form, or fashion. And God, we just pray for our family. That should be something. It's not occasional thing, but an everyday thing. Listen, he prayed three times a day. I I just want you to know something. There's times I pray a whole lot more than three times a day. Man, I'll pray, I'll pray through the day. In fact, the Bible says pray without ceasing. You say, well, pastor, that's impossible to pray without ceasing. Well, he don't mean you're going to be praying in every word that you say, but he tried to let us know you need to have a life of prayer. You need to have a life of prayer. Why? Because prayer is what moves the hand of God and invites God into your situation. You gotta allow God to work in your, on your behalf. And so here they come up and told, uh, told him that, uh, uh, then they told the king that, that, that man Daniel, they didn't like Daniel, first of all. That man Daniel, one of the cats from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Listen to what happened. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled. And he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. 
That's amazing. Here the king is saying, how in the world can I change this? I love Daniel. I, I want him to be over the whole empire. He, he's a good man. He's faithful. He, he does everything that needs to be done, and he does it right. But he couldn't change it. It says, in the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the all the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last... The king gave the orders for Daniel to be arrested, thrown into the lion's den. The king said to him, listen to what he said, may your God, you, you know, there's, there's certain scripture in here that just jumps out to you, too. It says, may your God, whom you serve faithfully, rescue you. There's one thing the king recognized about Daniel, the God that he served, he served him faithfully. That's the way everybody ought to see us. The God that they serve, they serve faithfully, committedly. Amen? A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. They're making, they're, they're making this hard, aren't they? They're making it hard on God. Sometimes the devil tries to make you think so. some things you're going through are so hard that it's even hard for God to do something about this. And I'm telling you, some people say, oh, but you just don't know what I'm going through, Pastor. I tell you, God does, and there's nothing too hard for God. Isn't that what the Bible says over and over again? There's nothing too hard to God, and all things are possible to him who what? To him who what? So the Bible says the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused the, his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. I thought there's a song like that, wasn't it? Very, very early in the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve faithfully? able to rescue you from the lions. It's amazing. He kept saying, whom you serve faithfully. There's something about faithfully serving God that causes God to show up on the scene. Right? Now, I'm not sure the king, he said, your God, who you serve faithfully, he will, he'll deliver you. And then he comes up and said, has he delivered you? He got to thinking all night long, said, I know we ain't fed them lions in about a week. They gotta be hungry. There's no way that man's lived through that. But listen what happened. Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so that they could not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, God's sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had, listen to why, because he had trusted in his God. I'm telling there's some things we feel like we're going through and it seems like we're never going to get out of it, but I tell you what, if you'll stay faithful to God. Look at somebody and say, just stay faithful. Stay faithful to God. Because I'm telling you, God's for you, not against you. And he wants to help you. He don't want to hurt you. He's on your side, amen? But I tell you what, there was things Daniel was doing was causing God to be involved in his life. you got to be involved with God for God to be involved with you. Amen. 
So I like the king said he was overjoyed and ordered Daniel to be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. I tell you what, it's hard to hang around a kitty cat and not get scratched, much less a hungry lion. But the king gave orders to arrest. This is what happened. I'll tell you what, this, this, this is kind of a story uh, that kind of would make people nervous that's out to get somebody else. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. So we just need to let God take care of things. Then the king gave the orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. This, this kind of right there goes against anything that these were tame lions. Well, they were pets. They were hungry pets. He had them thrown into the den along with their wives and their children. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. Sounded like they were pretty ferocious lions, don't it? They were pretty mad. They were pretty hungry. Then King Darius, I like this, then King Darius sent his message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. I mean, through his whole ordeal, David stayed, I mean, Daniel stayed what? Faithful. And when he stayed faithful, God showed up and he showed out. Amen. So I'm telling you, it don't matter what goes on in our lives. The one person we are to stay faithful to is God. Because if you'll stay faithful to God, then the faithfulness in our lives will just spread to every other area of our lives. Faithfulness is very important to God because God is a faithful God. The Bible says He's faithful. And so Daniel come through this whole ordeal because he stayed faithful to his God. And I'm telling you, some of you have come through some things because you were faithful to your God. And you're going to continue to come through some things because you stay faithful to your God. Amen. Praise God. And we don't give up. What would have happened if Daniel would have decided, well, you know, it's only 30 days. I can take a break for 30 days. I'll take a break from praying for 30 days. Man, I, I don't know what it'd be like to not to pray for 30 days. You'd look like a dried up something spiritually. If you didn't pray for 30 days, you said, you think, Pastor, would feel, listen to me, your strength comes from your, your relationship with God, relationship with the Word, from your praying, and then staying faithful to doing what God tells you to do, and being where God tells you to be, and, and uh, uh, ministering to people that God sends you to minister to. In Second Chronicles 16.9, the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Where do they run to and fro at? throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. On the behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That word loyal also is faithful. Those who are faithful to God. So if he roams around throughout the whole earth, guess where you are? Does he ever show up in Grosbeck? How about Mahia? Even Riesel, I heard. He'll show up there too. Kasi. He does. There you go. We one got one Kasi out here. Tig. He show up in Tig. 
Show up in Waco. Yes. Amen. Old Union. Yes. How many knows where Old Union's at? That's where I live. Population 10. Four dogs, two cats, and a few humans. Amen. Forest Glade. Y'all's little spot in the road down there, mid in between there. Why? Because he roams throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those who are loyal. Their hearts are loyal to him. Amen. So if the Bible teaches us in 1 Peter chapter 5 that the devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, who the Bible says we're to resist steadfast in the faith, if he's roaming around everywhere seeking whom he may devour and God's running around seeking whom he can bless and pour his grace and, and mercy out upon them, those that are loyal, guess what? The devil don't have a chance. Is that right? So praise God, we're the winners, amen, just like Daniel was the winner. And I, I can almost guarantee you one thing, nobody tried to come against Daniel in that particular realm again after they saw what happened. And I'm telling you, God is ready to pour His blessings out upon the body of Christ so much that people look and say, wow, look what the Lord has done for them. Why? Because they are... Because they are what? Because they are faithful. Glory to God. It's not hard to be faithful. Do you realize that? It's not hard to be faithful. You just have to decide to do it. Huh? You just have to decide to do it. Everybody say, I'm going to decide to be faithful and stay faithful in Jesus' name. To the saints and the faithful, the letter started out. Can we go to one more story? In Matthew chapter 25, Matthew 25, I know it's a, about five minutes till eight because I got a clock right here on my iPad. Aren't y'all glad? Don't mean a lot, but I still got one. That's like one person asked when a preacher was looking at his watch. Somebody said, what is that? Some kid asked his parent, what does that mean? They said, absolutely nothing. When a preacher looks at their clock, I don't wear a watch, but I carry one. I carry one in here. Verse 14 of chapter 25 of Matthew, listen to this. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. When he had received, he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. I'm in the New King James, Teresa. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. You know, let, let me just say this, and I, I, I know it may be getting late a little bit, but the thing about it is when, you, when you're faithful to do what God's commissioned you to do and gave you, there's an excitement in you. Am I, don't you know he was excited to know he doubled and made twice what the Lord had given him to do? He took those talents and doubled them. And I'm telling you, when you do something for God, you know, when anytime you do something for God as God leads and directs you, you are the one that's more excited about the one that you might have blessed or whatever you might have done. Huh? It always works. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Praise God, because we have to give in order to receive. 
It said, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. What did he say to, uh, uh, actually, uh, he said this to the, I, I skipped this verse 21. It says to the one who had doubled his, well done, good and what? Faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He said the same thing to the one who had two talents that made uh, double that up. And uh, one one gospel says this. He said he gave it according to their ability. You said you can look at it and say, well, why didn't God get trust me with five? Well, he gave it according to their abilities. They didn't get upset and mad. They just said, well, he gave me five. I doubled it. He gave me two. I doubled it. And then he comes to the one. In verse 23, he says this, and on verse 24. Then he had received the one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed, and I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there, look there, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We see here that he... he listen, here's what he thought. Because basically it should be, if you thought I was a hard man, if you thought I reaped where I didn't sow. Listen to me, God never intends to reap where he hasn't sown because there's a law of seed time and harvest. He knows there's no harvest without a seed time. And so he said, if you'd have thought that, you would have put it in the bank and at least I would have got interest back. And he said, take what is his. This is what amazes me. He said, take his and give it to the one who has the ten talents. It seems like God, somehow or another, when he brought it to the, the master, the master must have let him keep it because he said, give it to him. Because I found this out about talents. I know he's talking about a money right here and such as that, but all of us has talents of some kind. All of us has abilities. All of us has got, have things that God's blessed us with, and he gave us those talents to use them for his kingdom. Huh? And I think as we serve God, our talents are to be growing. I think the anointing on our lives are to be growing. Amen. We're to be more anointed. Have you ever heard somebody sing or something like this? And you say something like, man, I think they're more anointed now than the first time I heard them. Now, people who don't understand the anointing wouldn't say that. But people who do understand the anointing said, wow, that's amazing. Huh? I've watched Stacy over the years. Uh, you know, Stacy's a talent and what she does in singing has grown tremendously over the years because when Stacy started doing the piano for her, she was about that tall. Well, how about she was? She was just a kid. She couldn't reach the piano. We used to have a piano, a uh, baby grand piano, wasn't it, or a pan, and, and uh, that's the girl that was reading, Stacy, our daughter. And uh, so when she first started, her feet wouldn't even fit. She sat on that little, how many was there when she first started? 
we got some people when she's here from the time we started 30 some odd years ago. And that shows that Stacy's six, I mean, uh, young, but she grow in the anointing. Huh? You know, if you use something, you keep using it. It just keeps getting better. Right. If you're faithful in it. I mean, God's blessed us with musicians like Elijah playing the guitar. Frank came in three years ago. Three years ago. Frank is a man, he's, God's in here, he can play the piano, the bass, the drums, the, nothing, anything up here. And he can play and sing and do all such as that. And you know, as you use those talents for God, they, they increase. Your abilities increase. Whatever your talent, you say, well, I don't play anything. Listen, there's something God has given you you can do. There's talents that you have. And you're to use them for the best of your ability and stay faithful in them. We don't want to be one that says, well, God, I know you've given me this talent, but I'm just going to bury it and I'm just going to keep it and, and uh, you know, I'm not going to use it or anything like that. Well, nothing can increase if it's not being used. Right? But if you use it, God can increase it. And... uh and we, we, we definitely want to hear this saying, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Listen to me. We, you say, well, I'm going to hear that when I get to heaven. You can enter the joy of the Lord right here on planet earth. God wants you to have joy right here. Why? Because joy is when you know I'm doing what God's called me to do. I'm doing and using what God's given me to do. And I'm telling that brings a joy in your life and it's inexpressible and full of glory. Right? So to the saints and the faithful who are in Christ Jesus, to be faithful and to say, God, I'm, I'm going to use what you've given me to do and, and, uh, I'm just going to use it for your glory. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2 says, Moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. Moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. So faithfulness is a characteristic that God put on us. If you want to read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, you'll find out that God said one of the fruit of the Spirit or the work that the Holy Ghost accomplishes on the inside of us, one of those nine fruit are faithfulness, is faithfulness. God honors your faithfulness. Amen? To be faithful. If Daniel could stand uh, and, and he could stay faithful to God when he knew he was about to face the lion's den, I'm going to tell you something. You can be faithful to God no matter what that comes our way. Amen? Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. Praise God. I, uh, I find uh, the other story in... in uh, Daniel, and I'm not going to go there because I'll, I'll be preaching for another 30 minutes at least, talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Them three guys was also captives with Daniel. And they were, were commanded to bow down at, uh, to a, a, a golden image, and they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. Everybody else did, but they wouldn't do it. They just flat out wouldn't do it. And when they faced the fiery furnace or went through the fiery furnace, same thing. God delivered them from it. Why? Because they stayed faithful to their God. Stay faithful to God. Stay faithful to the Lord. 
Even when you look and say, well, pastor, it don't look like things are changing or working. They say, stay faithful. Things are changing. I said, things are changing when you're faithful to God. God's working for you, and He's on your side. Amen? You say, well, pastor, I, I've been faithful to tithe. I've been faithful to offer. Nothing seems to be working for me. Just stay with it. Just stay with it. I've been faithful to go to church. I've been faithful to do this. Well, stay with it. I said, stay with it. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't quit. God sees your heart, and He's roaming around looking to show Himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are loyal and faithful to Him. Amen. Isn't God God? Isn't God God? Isn't God good? Praise God. Father, we love You. And we thank You today for Your goodness and Your mercy and Your faithfulness. God, You're faithful to us. You're faithful to Your Word. And you will remain faithful forever. God, even when we're not faithful, the Bible says you are. So God, we love you for your faithfulness. We love you for the fact that you're on our side and you'd never leave us and you will never forsake us, but you will be with us forever. What a wonderful God you are. And we appreciate you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do in our lives. Father, we're going to remain faithful to pray. We're going to be, remain faithful to our, uh, uh, to our jobs and faithful to the people around us, faithful to, to the people that you have co- uh, connected us to, faithful to our church, faithful to our talents, faithful to the abilities that you put on the inside of us to use for your kingdom. God, I thank you for that spirit that's on the inside of us, the fruit of the spirit, to enable us and empower us to be faithful. We love you tonight. And we thank you for your word of God that liveth and abideth forever. And God, the word that you're watching over to perform in each and every one of our lives. We love you tonight. And we appreciate you so much tonight.